0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in Huntington, New York, with a very special guest by the name of Jeff Alon. Hey, Jeff, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the
1: clutch? <laughs> I'm ready to go, Mark. Thanks so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. We're going to have some fun today, but first, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Jeff?
1: One little thing that people don't know about You know, I built... Five wine cellars about seven years ago, right before I bought my transmission shop, and I opened up a company called uh, Stellar Wine Cellars at that time. We did them all within one year, and uh, it was an awesome experience working in these high-end homes and building one room and, you know, and, and, and putting together these wine cellars. Three of them actually were were redos, but two of them were fresh builds with my design team, and uh, it was a great experience.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've uh, I really love architecture. I like love modern homes. My father was an architect, so he inspired me with uh, the skill to see things and how to look at things. And I love going online and finding these crazy houses that that they're over the top nuts. And the place these wine cellars that they build in some of these homes are just out of this world. And I I saw one that was hidden. You, you go into a part of their kitchen and you push this counter and it was a stairway that went down into the floor and the wine cellar was below the kitchen in this hideaway. It was it looked like a bomb bunker, but it was full of wine. I guess if the bombs are raining down, you want to go down and drink a lot of wine. Have you ever done something as wild as that?
1: We haven't done something like that. It's funny that you mentioned that because when I was doing my research, Uh, YouTube is very powerful with all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. When I was doing my research to start building wine cellars, because, you know, we got a phone call at the time when I owned a company called My Home Supervisor, and somebody said, hey, do you think you would know how to do this? We have one. We're having problems with it. We love the other work that you did for us. And we came in and, you know, redid a conventional style space in a a basement. Mm -hmm. But, you know, while doing research about it, I've seen those. And they're so oh my god i've seen one with a with a uh with a glass uh a glass a glass uh, uh oh the floor. top where
0: you can look down into yes. it yes, yes yes i've seen that one too yeah pretty cool well you know my wife was funny when i we saw that we'd have a pretty big crawl space between our or under our house she goes hey we could do that i'm thinking yeah. <laughs> i don't know if i drink enough wine to warrant that kind of expense i'd want a bigger garage before i do that but uh for sure, looks like fun. These people
1: spend uh, people spend one hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars on one room in their home. You know, it's, oh. you know, when talking about those type numbers, it's all upper one percentile income people that that have. Uh, money to burn, per se, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, good for them. I think it's cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we'll dive into your life here. Jeff Alon is the owner and operator of the New York Transmission Group and a producer and online talent for the Autolab radio show. I got to be on their show, got to experience that just a couple of weeks ago. It was so much fun. So cool. I want to appreciate that, or I want to say thank you to you and the team that made me feel so welcome. With over 40 years of experience in the automotive aftermarket service industry, Jeff is the Shows in-house transmission and drive line expert. He grew up in the industry, starting out as a gopher, then installer, a rebuild, a rebuilder, a diag tech, and then a shop manager. He worked for Amco Corporation as a takeover specialist and then a director of operations for the North uh, North American transmission group prior to becoming the owner of one of the busiest and well-known remanufacturing facilities on the East coast. We'll be back in just a minute to talk more with Jeff about all the fun things he's doing and auto lab radio show, but first a word from our sponsor. So give him a listen and we'll be right back. Have a glass of wine while we're gone. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down, and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's Dash Mat Design Center is located in Arizona where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YA21, Y-E-A-H 21 at covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code Yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework. I shopped around and I found American collector's insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars. Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. <laughs> All right, Jeff, so we are back enjoying a nice little glass of vino, maybe some of Road Winery Racing Series wine. They make some really great wines. Let's take a little deeper dive into the corner here and talk about your life and your career. I want to first talk about your transmission business, the company you work at, and then we'll dive from there into Autolab Radio Show, which I got to be a participant in. It was so much fun. So, Jeff, let's talk transmissions. Grab the wheel.
1: Transmissions. I mean, I've been doing them since I'm 15 years old. I'm a 58-year-old man now. So we're talking, what, 43 years now. It's just, the numbers just keep climbing. <laughs> yes, scary. Uh, I did a couple of deviations during those years where I went out and, you know, did this my home supervisor thing for about five years and, and, and did some other stuff in the entertainment industry uh, when I was a younger man. But the transmission industry, it's its an extremely complicated component that the bottom line is you got to be perfect, you know, and if you're not perfect and you don't have the right systems and procedures in place to be perfect, then you really give the money back after doing the work. So it's been something that I've done. It's ingrained in me. I've been doing it again since I'm 15 years old. And, and, and I, I know just about every aspect of the industry I've worked. Done all the internal processes, you know, Mark had mentioned, you mentioned it, Mark, uh, you know, from, from a gopher to an installer to a rebuilder to a manager to a shop technician and then a director of operations for a larger corporation, AMCO corporate. Um, and now I'm running my own business. And, and, and what I find is that, you know, the key is that I'm in the shop and I am focused on the production and making sure that I fill in all the cracks and, and don't miss anything because there's so much involved in the actual process of, of doing this work these days. You know, back in the day, we had three, 400 transmissions in stock, and a car would come in, and they, one would come out, and one would go in, and, it, you know, it's out the door. Now, with the electronics and, and the way that these systems are, are designed, for the most part, we're remanufacturing the original transmission on about 85% of the applications that we work on. So, it's a much different process. It's more of a take the transmission out, extract the component, get the car rollable again, push it out, put it into the lot, work on that component for a couple of days, get it ready, get the car back into the shop. And obviously you're utilizing your lifts like a restaurant. You know, you keep movement, you know, on those lifts. You don't let something sit there and wait for the transmission to be ready because we're a very busy facility. Uh, You know, I, I feel like I'm going on and on, but you know our our clients are our NYPD, New York City Transit, MTA, DOT, we're working on Con Edison vehicles. Those are all our like homebody accounts. Wow. And then wow. we're doing a lot of work for aftermarket service guys who are run re- general repair shops who call us cuz we're a specialty facility. And then you've got the end user, which is the retail clientele. So there's there's, there's many different arms that, that reach us and reach out to us for our help. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I've, I've focused on after all of these years is I don't really look for the money. What I look for is the relationship with the client and the relationship with my employees. And as long as you take care of those two components in my industry and where I am, it, the money just comes. So, so it, it, And I look, for, I look for win-win situations with clients. Back in the day, we needed all the work. Now I just need the right work. (laughs) And and it comes with the seasoning and and knowing when somebody walks in, if this is the right client for you or if this is somebody who's going to appreciate what we bring to the table and not just think, you know, how much money does it cost? Because that's not the main part of the process.
0: Well, transmissions are one of those things that you rarely have to fix. At least, you know, I have vehicles that are pretty old. In fact, just today, I just took my, went over and picked my wife's car up. It was in, having some service work done. And it's a 16-year-old vehicle. Um, Mm -hmm. My car is 15 years old. My other car is 34 years old. So I keep cars a long time. I take really good care of them. So transmissions are one of those rare things. But you think about cars nowadays. The loaner car they gave us at the BMW dealership, I mean, had this, I think it was like a seven-speed transmission mission in it. And I was thinking, man, this is getting complicated. And you add all those electronics oh. into the factor. So technicians these days, uh, I know, and I, I know this because Tech Force is a charity of mine and the industry is getting harder and harder to fill these technician jobs. Is that something that you've encountered, trying to find good technicians that know what they're doing, that are great people to work for you? Or if you tend to just have people that have been with you for a long time, like you've been into this?
1: Well, it's funny that you ask that because, you know, just as COVID hit and I had purchased the company in uh, 2016, February of 2016, I purchased the company from somebody that I used to to run the place way back in the day. I managed it for him and then it became a group and and it all moved into where we are now in College Point, right underneath the Whitestone Bridge. We talk about that all the time on the Autolab show, the, the fact that even though so many facilities have closed down, in 89 there were one hundred and four trans, 104,000 transmission shops in the United States. And that number has dwindled in a seven-year period. It went down to like 90,000. And, wow. and and that number continues to dwindle because only the strong survive. And you cannot operate, most places cannot operate as just a transmission shop. So the Amcos of the world and the Lily Miles of the world have converted their models into you know total car care now Mm -hmm. it's not just the transmission shop now us on the other hand we're a little bit unique because we've got this group we've got this reliable transmissions and lee miles transmissions of flushing and k&b transmissions of floral park we've merged all three of these brands that have been around for 50 plus years and because of that and because of my experience the whole thing fits so perfectly you know where we've got You know, lines of business coming from all three of these different components. And I haven't had to, quote unquote, turn into a general repair shop that does transmissions, which is not what I want to do. You know, I'm I'm an old school transmission guy. That's what I want to run. I want to run a transmission shop. And and I agree with you, Mark. I mean, seven speeds. We're talking 10 speeds. We're (laughs) up to 10 speed automatics now. You know, Ford and General Motors together spent about half a billion dollars. Designing this ten-speed automatic that's in multiple applications on both sides—they call them frenemies, you
2: know—and
1: <laughs> it's just it, why? Why do we need ten speeds?
0: Is it because it's it's a smoother transition between the gears? Is that why they've done it?
1: I think it's really just EPA stuff and uh, keeping up with the Joneses yeah. and, and and who could make the best and the biggest and the most speeds. And I remember I remember having a ten-speed twin oh yeah you know bicycle (laughs) yeah and then they went up to the 15 speed Ooh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) very but you know for us every time they add a speed to an automatic transmission it guarantees me another decade of business you know so (laughs) (laughs)
0: more complicated more stuff to fix that's the challenge yeah when they gave us the loaner vehicle man there's a lot of stuff going on in that car i just think there's a lot of stuff to break uh but it's kind of nice it's kind of nice let's talk a little bit about auto lab radio show Tell our listeners what that's about. Why are you doing that?
1: Okay, so Autolab Radio has been on, on air. It's been a, uh, a, a radio program on on a, on a New York City radio station for better than 40 years. Mm-hmm. Harold uh, Walchok was the originator of the show. Unfortunately, during COVID, he decided that he was, he was going to retire. He just couldn't do it anymore. He's 85 years old, but doing it for 45, since he was 40 years, you know, since he was a a 45 year old man and David from Urban Classics, who is one of my close friends, and we've been doing business together for also since the 80s. You know, I would consider him, you know, a mentor of mine he's a little bit older than me, you know. We've known each other for many years and he's been on that show for 30 plus years. Wow. I used to do it when I worked for the North American Group. I did it for them and and I did it, you know, a couple of times for another company that I worked for. So David and I knew each other and he invited me to come on to the show and then, you know, it just I, I kind of drank the punch and and <laughs> it's just something that is powerful. I think it's a, it's an educational show where we're trying to educate the public on, on some basic stuff. And we're also bringing a, a new dynamic to the show, which is a lot of different, interesting people who talk about the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we're streaming live now on Facebook, cool. uh, Auto Lab Radio. It's, it's growing. It's growing. And it's, uh, it's an entity that doesn't seem to want to die. And there's a bunch of people involved who are uh, all very talented guys uh, and, and a gal. And uh, uh, you guys have to check it out. It's uh, it's something that, you know, I, I mean, Mark even said it's just there's, there's a magic potion to it that seems to really work. And, uh, you know, we're just a bunch of mechanics, a bunch of technicians that are figuring out how to how to put some information out there that uh, that people want to hear.
0: Teaching old dogs new tricks, uh, restoring an old show into creating a new show. And uh, I'll put links to how you can access this show and find it. As I said, I was a guest on the show. It was really a lot of fun. I think we could have stayed and talked for hours and hours about car stuff. It was really a blast. Let me ask you this about a driving inspiration, a key mentor, somebody who was very influential and helpful in your life. Who would that have been?
1: So there's a gentleman named Michael DeMarco, who I, you know, I met him the first day I got into this industry. My dad bought a transmission shop in Brooklyn on Bay Parkway called Dr. Nick's Transmissions. Um, My father was in the uh, typography industry in Manhattan for many years, did well, but then him and his partner broke up. And my dad was always a car buff. Mm -hmm. He was always fixing his cars in the driveway. and, And then when he had the opportunity to go into a new industry, he said, you know, let's, let's check out this transmission thing. And Michael was somebody who was born and bred in the transmission industry. You know, like he, he was working in a transmission shop, you know, at eight years old. He, <laughs> he just, it was in his blood. There was transmission fluid in his blood, literally. And he taught me the ropes, you know. He showed me the way things were supposed to be done. And he had a process in place that to this day, 45 years later, I still have never seen anybody who operates like, like this guy operated. You know, he was the type of guy who who while he was rebuilding a transmission, you know, he knew what the components did. A lot of guys these days or over the last twenty five years that I've, you know, run into and been involved with, they were parts changers. Why are you changing that part right now? They don't really know. They change it because that's what the guy before them did, you know, and Michael was this uh technically advanced guy who had a unique way of looking at our process and and really had it down pat to the point where he just he just got it right. And, and he taught me how to, how to be a great transmission technician. And then after that, it was my personality, I believe, and my ability to sell that gave me the other components needed to, to be successful in this industry it's a rough industry. Like I said before, you know, like you got to be perfect. And and that's something that's very difficult to be, you know, no in kidding. this world, you know, No kidding. yeah.
0: Well, it's a business and that business side, the marketing side, the communication side you had, that is a rare combination of being technical and that, and that kind of leads to the next question here. And that is how would you advise people that want to get into this industry? Is there some things that you would share with them that would give them some direction, focus?
1: That's funny that you asked, Mark. I mean, it's so far and few between guys that want to actually get their hands dirty these days, especially the young kids of the world. Back in the day, it bred the automotive industry, bred DIYs, do it yourselfers. And the reason why that happened was because, you know, you could get underneath the hood of your 67 Oldsmobile 442 and change the water pump. It wasn't that difficult. You know, you could change the fluid in your transmission, the engine. Nowadays, the level of technology that goes into these vehicles for somebody to pop the hood who's a 19 year old kid and try to understand what's going on there. It's like, it's virtually impossible. Now, what I would say is that the way I started in the industry was somebody just put a rag in my back pocket and gave handed me a broom, you know, and, and <laughs> gave me an opportunity to work in a shop. That was invaluable because, you know, the, the opportunity to do that has Taken me on a path that, you know, I don't think I ever would have been able to achieve what I've achieved because I've seen opportunities and been able to grasp them. As far as I would think some basic education would be great, there are a bunch of schools out there, you know, all over the country that teach automotive. I'll tell you, I was talking to David from Urban Classics today about
2: he's, he was hiring
1: a new guy, and, and the level of income that some of his technicians make is staggering. Yep. Like, if you're a quality tech, in the automotive industry and find the right place to work, you can make 150, you could make $200,000 a year. So why wouldn't you want to consider that if you were a mechanically oriented you know, brain function. If you had that mechanically oriented brain function, which it takes
2: to oh, yeah.
1: be a good technician, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible and as I mentioned, Tech Force uh, is a charity of choice here. They're the ones that help young people get into this industry and if you love cars and you want to do this, why go to a four-year college, get a degree that doesn't get you a decent job and go out and have some fun doing what you're doing. It is really, uh, they used to call it a blue-collar job, now it's a new-collar job.
2: It really is
0: a, a great way Way to make a living. Plus, you get to be around cars. Let's take a short break. We're going to thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to ask you about a big challenge you faced in your life. You're a guy who's been around for a while, so no doubt you've bumped up against a few things. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on.
1: I got a great one for you. Keep it in
0: gear. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over 133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online, Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah! and check out the Barrett Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Be sure to use the code CarJA when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. All right, Jeff, so let's talk about that challenge. Uh, tell us something that you bumped up against, something that's really challenged you, and more importantly, how did you overcome it? What was the lesson learned?
1: Okay, so we had a client come in who was a um, middle-aged woman uh, with a 23-year-old Honda Accord? It was uh, it was uh, last year. It was a 2000. No, I'm sorry, 21-year-old Honda Accord. She had bought it brand new in the beginning of 2000, and she drove it back and forth to work for 20, 21 years, and the car had 303,000 miles on it. <laughs> and she drove up to the shop, and you know, my brother had talked to her on the phone. She came in. I looked at the car, I looked at her, we sat down in the office, we talked a little bit about, you know, what Honda had told her, she was just at the dealership, which happens to us a lot. Customers go to the dealer, the dealer tells them they need a transmission, the number is astronomical these days, and she just didn't want to put $6500 into her 2000 Honda Accord. So yeah. it made sense that she ended up by us, yeah. And, and you know, we do those transmissions. We do a lot of them and have a lot of success with them. It's a straightforward build for us. We know exactly what needs to be done to that unit and, and to make it right. And, and I learned a huge lesson from this car that is so invaluable. So, you know, the first thing I said to her was, are you sure you want to fix this car? That's my sales pitch. And you know? I'm like,
2: <laughs> are you sure
1: you want to fix this car? It's got 300,000 miles on it. It's 20 something years old. You know, for the most part, these cars end of life is around 300. I just need the car for two more years, please, please, please. I'm retiring in two years. I don't want to buy another car. I love my car. I was like, listen, I want I want it on the record that we don't recommend this. And she said, no, but I want you to fix it. So I said, okay, listen, we can rebuild these transmissions for about thirty five hundred dollars. When we take the transmission out, we open it up. We make sure we see what needs to be done. And we also are checking all the externally related parts, like the mounts and the axles and flywheels and starters and all the stuff that's related to the transmission. We're checking when we take the transmission out. Okay, great. Do it. So we take the trans out. We see what's wrong with it. We go through the overhaul. We see all the mounts in the car are bad. We sell her a complete mount kit. The job ends up being $4,000. We put it all back together. Car goes out the door. She calls me in a week. It's no good. Mm. So I say to myself, okay, it's no good. Okay, you know, like it happens in my industry, in my world. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to do it over again. It just it's part of the process. So sometimes when you get a car in with 300,000 miles on it, it has reached end of life, even though you don't see that it's reached end of life. Right. And so she brings the car back and go for a ride with her. I'm like, you're right. It's no good. Please just give us a little bit more time and we'll get it straightened out. We get the car into the shop. And I know exactly what needs to be done. We need to find a rebuildable core for this thing with low mileage so we can build that unit and put it in the car because this one is not going to be fixed. So we realized that. I find a unit in Delaware. I drive from New York to Delaware. I buy the transmission. It had 52,000 original miles on it. We go through our rebuild process. We don't cut any corners. We put it in the car and it worked. And I made the mistake of being honest with her and telling her exactly what we needed to do to resolve the issue. And she said, but you didn't tell me that you, I said, listen, when we have a problem with a car, we do whatever it takes to fix the problem. And I, since you already had a warranty and it was my responsibility to make the car right, I did whatever I needed to do to do so. So she was upset, but she took the car and car drove perfectly. Now, Why why was she
0: upset if the car was fixed?
1: Because she felt like I took the heart of her car and changed it without mentioning it oh, to her. Gosh. That was the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was how yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well that's yeah. a that's a I I mean if the car had some kind of intrinsic value I could kind of get that, but yeah. Come on, it's a twenty but year he old. She was so
2: connected a, yeah. to this vehicle. Yeah.
0: You took the so, you took the liver out and put a transplant in. <laughs> You didn't tell me you took my firstborn. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Well, yeah, you know, but the the, the 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 moral of the story here is a couple things I heard you say, Jeff. One is you knew at the beginning this was not the right thing to do. End of life, this is going to be a problem, but you did it. And then when there was right. a problem, you went above and beyond. Instead of here's your money back, we're done with you. Or sorry, tough. Uh, I mean, to drive to Delaware find it's just incredible and and that's what a good mechanic does for a customer they make it right
1: i'm not done you're not done let me finish the story okay let me finish the story so about a month and a half goes by and i get a letter from dmv new york state dmv that there's a case been put up against me and this is the first time in my 40 years that i had any kind of issue like this and The DMV inspectors came down, and I had to give her all her money back. What? Yes. I gave her all her money back. Wow. At the end of the day. So I did all of that and gave her her money back. Wow. So that was just what you said to me. What was an experience? Now, what did I learn from that? Yeah. I learned that um, just doing what you think is right sometimes isn't the answer. You know what I mean? I should have had a little bit better communication level with her and told her what my plan was before I did it. Mm-hmm. And she really held my feet to the fire. And, and it's, it's, it's an amazing lesson, but it's part of what I said to you, that we got to be perfect in this industry. And, and there's no, you know what I mean?
0: Well, the communication word is key. And I've always said, I ran a business for 20 plus years, and I always told everybody, communication, proper communication is the key to our success. And the lack of it is the reason we fail and we were selling products to people and every time we didn't communicate properly with those customers and we had a problem it was a problem and it just got worse and worse so yeah correct communication it works in business works in life and it works in marriages (laughs) you just got to you just got it and i'm
1: definitely married to my business without (laughs) a doubt
0: (laughs) yeah that's a great story well great story but tough story so uh there you go well i'm gonna Ask you if there's been a special vehicle in your life, Jeff. Some kind of a, a vehicle that has great meaning for you. What was that and why why is it special?
1: So my first car drove into my father's Dr. Nick's transmission shop on Bay Parkway. The woman drove in. It was a seventy Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme convertible, red with a black top with Keystone Classics on it. It was gorgeous, the car. I fell in love with it the second I turned around and saw it. And the woman came in, and and she drove into the shop. It was a long bay, it was a a long single bay facility where you would drive in, and there was a, a driveway through the whole shop, and then all the lifts were off to the right. Mm-hmm. She drove right into the middle of the shop. I was working on the second or third day, and I looked over at the car, and my heart melted, and I started looking at the car, and you know, she, my father came out at the time, and he was you know talked to the lady, and he told her what it would cost to fix it, and she was you know, she just didn't have the money to fix it. And she had no reverse. So she couldn't put it in reverse and back out. So we bought the car.
0: (laughs) You're in here. You can't leave. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I had that car and I fixed the transmission and I did some other work to the motor. And I drove this car like it was nobody's business. And, you know, I had my first love in that car. And, uh, you know, my first girlfriend and we used to, it had air conditioning in a, in a convertible. So we used to drive the car out, top down to Jones Beach in the morning, all summer long. And then at, on the way home, when you were all hot, put the top up and put the air conditioning on. So yeah. it was just, I was just, you know, 70 Oldsmobile Cutler Supreme Convertible with 350, 350. And it was it was awkwardly fast for a 4,200 pound car. And I just, you know, I fell in love with the car. And then, and, then, and then, you know, that story went on and on. But I have to tell you what a great, what a great car! When I see one these days, I saw sixty-seven four four two this morning, and I was like, "Wow, what a
2: nice car!" It was just
0: yeah, a, I was going to ask that four four two. Those things, some of those, they had scoops up towards the front of the hood. If I remember, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, air
1: intake, sure, air intake, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty darn cool. That's that's sweet, sweet, sweet yeah. ride. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head, Jeff. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be, but this is how you perceive yourself in a vehicle. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why?
1: You know, I always had an infatuation with, uh, with Carroll Shelby and I got the opportunity to see that movie Ford versus Ferrari Mm -hmm. and that Ford, that Ford that they built that you know, when Carol Shelby jumped in the car and had Henry Ford Jr. in the car, and they did that scene where he cried at the end of the ride.
0: Oh, in the I GT40?
1: Yeah, the GP40. Yeah. I was blown away by that scene. Everybody said, oh, well, they, you know, they just didn't, they, that didn't really happen. I could see, because I've seen people cry from speed in my time, yeah. you know? and i would love to take a ride in the gt40 with Carol shelby that would be my thing you know i uh, i just have a feeling that it would be like a life changing event and and i had so, so much respect for ken miles in the movie and and sad for what happened to him right after the the you know the sad for what they put him through, for what Ford put him through. Yeah, yeah. Well, he
0: wasn't a company man. He was far from a company guy, wasn't uh, he? Um, He was his his own guy. I'll tell you, those cars, I've never had, I've set in real ones. I've had friends who've owned real ones and raced real ones in vintage racing. But I got to drive a Superformance GT40 that Lance Stander, who's been a guest on my show here, builds down there in Orange County. And they build Shelby continuation cars, both versions of the Shelby. But they also built a GT40, and I got to drive that thing, and it is, is close to driving a real old race car that you can get only better because the brakes are better, the engine's better, everything's better on yeah. it. It's insane. Yeah, they tightened
1: it all up. Uh, with the electronics and all of the, you know, all of the late, later technology. It yeah. still
0: feels like an old car, having driven lots of old cars as I have. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Now, let me ask you this. All great people have figured out that the ce- the secret to life is giving back to others. What are some ways that you've uh, found to give back to others in the automotive sector? Obviously, you employ people. That's a huge one.
1: Yeah, I, I have to tell you, you know, we during COVID, we had to lay off 70% of our crew. And we realized that the 70% we left off, that we laid off, uh, a few of them were technicians, a couple of them were the office personnel. But we just realized that, that we were keeping these people at that time because that's who was there. And COVID gave me a huge opportunity to, you know, it gave me a swift kick in the you-know-what and i figured out how to finally get successful in this business literally during last year it took me 5 years which is not abnormal in, you know when you buy a business but you know with the experience i had i thought i was going to hit the ground running and start making money and it just didn't happen and what i was able to do was to to give back to the new people that came in that needed my help we had a couple of diff- three different employees new ones that are still with us now that were down and out and one guy showed up a quick story you know we were interviewing and had so many people come in and out after we laid everybody off to try to find the right fit and one guy shows up with all of these tools and he came and he worked for three days and he disappeared i said to my brother i said this guy doesn't answer any of my messages you know i'm i, I don't know what happened he's either in jail or god forbid you know some you know he get hit by a car so a guy shows up and he looks me in the eye and he didn't have any tools. His tools, believe it or not, were in Mexico and he couldn't get them out. And he desperately needed a job. He looked me in the eye and, and this guy previously had come in and, and taken this transmission out of this box truck, this Isuzu box truck. And we built the unit and he never came back to put it back in. And I was like, hey, what? I didn't have anybody to put it in. So yeah. I was going to have to get under the truck and do it myself. So this guy shows up one day and he says, I need a family, and I need a home. And I just looked him in the eye and I had this feeling, and I said, you know what, take that guy's tools right there, put that transmission back in the truck, and in three hours it was done. And because I gave him that opportunity, because I just had a feeling and a belief in what he said, like he's one of my key employees now and, yeah. <laughs> and, and we keep doing – and we bend over backwards for our employees. Like I said in the beginning, it's it's about the employees and, and their being good with their environment that they're in. And it's about the, the customers in a win-win situation. And if you have that ingredient, you have – a perfect salad to be successful in my industry
0: no it's great and i've always said that the most important person in a business is your employee it's not your customer because without, without great employees you won't have any customers so they're so important that's a great story how about a book is there a book that you've read you'd like to share that you really enjoyed
1: you know a long time ago during one of my hiatus from the industry i was working for a company called uh um um uh, what was the name of the company it was a a staffing company in manhattan i went to work and i put the suit on mm-hmm. which didn't work for me i put the suit and the tie on and yeah, those, when i started those hearing
0: things. they choke you yeah. i don't like those ties when
1: i started hearing the lirr doors open and close in my sleep i knew it was time to get the hell out before it <laughs> killed me yeah. during that time it was about a, a year's worth of my life i read a book that i saw somebody reading on on the train called the power of now. And it, it was, you know, this, the guy, I, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy who who wrote the book was homeless and destitute and came up with this process and how to, how to achieve some, some basic, um, uh, uh, what, what do I call it? Some basic, like, you know, sanity from this insane, insane life that we all live. And, uh, And it was very powerful. It helped me, it helped me take a couple steps back and take some breaths and, and don't overreact because I have a very, uh, intense personality. When I'm at work, I want to get stuff done and I'm, I'm focused on getting it done and getting it done right because that's the only way we can be successful. So it gave me the ability to, you know, take a step back and, you know, breathe a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's a great book. It's by Elkhart Toll and uh, Troll. uh, Yeah, Elkhart Toll. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, the subheading is A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment. So, yeah, it's the number one bestseller. It's it's a great book, and I'll make sure I put that on Jeff's show notes page along with all the other great books listed and suggested by my inspiring automotive enthusiast. Nice, nice book to read. Definitely worth your time. We're going to take one last break. When we come back, we're going to go on the ultimate drive. So sit tight, Jeff. We'll be right back. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah! is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Carja yeah are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. All right, Jeff, we're going on the ultimate drive. That means you get to pick the vehicle. You get to pick somebody to go with or maybe a few people it's up to you could be people living or deceased or a combination uh so what are you going to be in who are you going to be driving with and where are you off to
1: (laughs) it's funny because we already kind of talked about it but you know these days um aside from the Oldsmobile convertible i own a uh a 69 z28 convertible uh 69 z28 it's a It's not a convertible. It's a coupe. It's an original W33, uh, you know, X33 chassis. It's, it's, you know, it's the real deal car that they designed the new version of the Camaro after. And it's, uh, it's something that it's been sitting in my garage in Valley Stream for like five years. We took it all apart. We started putting it back together. Then I bought the shop and and it just ended up, you know, taking a backseat to priorities in life. But I would love to be in that, 69 z 28 with it all back together running the original 302 with the m21 trans and and just cruising down the pacific coast highway with uh with my buddy who i own the car with brian mcdonald somebody that i know for 40 plus years we've been talking about getting this car done back in the day i uh i lived for a little while in california and my, so did my sister so i i spent some time out there and and saw the beauty and and the uh the amazing coastline, and I drove down, I drove down the PCH, I drove down route, you know, route one is the California, the San Francisco, if I remember correctly, you know, I've driven that drive a couple of times, and I'd love to take that Camaro and just go for a blast, go you for know, through really the yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: that sounds yeah. like fun, I'll tell you, I got to take my driving test in a 74 Z28, Camaro. Yeah. Neighbor up the street had a Chevy dealership and brought it home. And he said, look, Mark, I'll let you take your driving test in this. And if you pass, you can keep the car for a week. Now, I think he had in his mind that my parents might be buying me a car or something like that. Well, there's no way they're going to they were going to buy me a car like that. But it was uh, I go, okay, I'll take that. And I remember it was bright. Kind of all a yellow gold color with a big Z28 on the hood. And, you know, back in those days, you're a little 15 and a half, almost 16-year-old kid, you get in line. I was there first thing in the morning with my mom to take that test. And the, the guy comes out with a clipboard and looks at the car, looks at me, and then gets in. He goes, this your car, kid? <laughs> and I said, no, sir, my neighbor loaned me his car. And he goes, he loans you a brand new Z28? And I said, yeah. And he told me if I passed, I get to keep it for a week. And he looks at me and he goes, you better pass. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. So uh, there you go.
2: Good but to you.
0: Yeah, that, was, pre- that was pretty fun. Well, Jeff, you've taken me on an awesome ride as I knew you would. And I want to thank you again for having me be a guest on Auto Lab Radio Show. Thank you for being a guest on Cars Yeah. Before I let you go... Would you offer some final words of wisdom, maybe a mantra, a quote, something to kind of leave us with on a positive note?
1: I just wanted to say, Mark, I mean, this has been a great experience. When you were on the show, I was like, you know, I don't think we've had a better guest. Oh, you're too kind. You were smooth as silk and, (laughs) and it was an awesome experience to meet you. And when you offered this opportunity I don't know. I think I emailed you during the show.
2: You did, that's yeah. You were, I was. you're yeah.
1: Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Good job.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's my opera. You know, that's my operating speed. I mean, when somebody texts me, when somebody gets in touch with me, tries to get in touch with me, and I see that I missed a call or missed a text, I am the type of person that is an immediate responder, and and it's it's helped me. Develop the relationships that i've developed over these years i've most of my customers have been doing business with me for umpteen years david is a good example you know if you're going to get into business and and you want to be serious about it my recommendation would be if you're going to take it seriously then go out and get the business don't wait around for it to come to you go out and get it and then when it's there for you Treat it like it's gold and make sure that those relationships are strong. And if you if you operate that way and, and respond to people when they get in touch with you, you know, and don't put it to the side. And then they right away say, you know what, this guy is serious about what he does. Let's let's do business with him. So I think that's one of the things that would be something that I would recommend to people. You know, don't be a selective responder. If somebody gets in touch with you, you show them their respect to respond. And that's that's what I do. So,
0: Yep, it's a way to be successful. And what are some ways that people can learn more about Autolab Radio Show and New York Transmission
1: Group? Autolab Radio uh, is on Facebook. The Autolab Radio Show is our website. We have uh, multiple platforms now. We're opening up a YouTube channel. We're on Instagram just give us a little bit of time, but I, I'm telling you we're, our presence on the internet and, and, and what we're doing now is brand new, even though the show is 40 years old. In reference to the show, in reference to the business, my uh, nytransmissiongroup.com, you can contact us if you have a need or if you even just need a little bit of information. I tell people all the time, people call me all the time, just, hey, what do you think about this? And and I, I use, I, you know, I, if I don't know the answer, which... For the most part, I hope I do. If I don't know the answer and it's something later modeled that needs some research, we will spend the time that it takes to to get you the information that you need. If you have a problem, we're here to solve it.
0: There you go. I'll make sure all of this is on Jeff Alon's show notes page. Just go to cars.com, type in Jeff, A-L-O-N. Alon is his last name, and you will find his page right there. Jeff, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life's lessons with us. Until you and I talk again... As long as my transmission is working, I'll see you down the road.
1: (laughs) Be well, Mark. Thank you
2: so much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!